Welcome back, everybody. Here in the choir room, we are up to our final season four character study today. Season four kid. You could also, you know, kind of uh, put unique in the box of season three, a little bit of season six. She's all over the place, but we're happy to be here talking about her and uh, essentially closing the book on this group of kids as we work our way towards the home stretch, uh, coming up to some final big character studies that is going to be in the next batch. But today, of course, we are going to give unique her uh, her time, talk about all things from uh, start to finish for unique and uh, all of her songs and all of the fun times that we get uh, with her on Glee. So I am excited for this one. Amon, how is it going today? It's going great. I'm excited to talk about Unique, the only Glee person I've ever met in real life um, to this day. Even though you sometimes forget about that. Yeah. I never forget about it. Well, I did that one time. time. Yeah. Just one time. Because it was so it was so fleeting. It was so quick. I mean he was so gracious though. Like he took my hand and everything and we had like a little moment in the in the restaurant. But it was so fast. And then I went right back to eating my chicken cut whatever the hell I was eating at that restaurant that overpriced chicken, mind you, in the middle of Manhattan somewhere. It was actually mm-hmm. right next to the theater that they were performing in. It was one of the cast members' birthdays, too, so they were all singing or whatever and harmonizing happy birthday. And I was like, oh, my God, this is where I'm meant to be. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to <laughs> I'm super excited to be uh, here to talk about Miss Unique Adams um, and all of the shenanigans and fuckery that she finds herself in. Yeah, uh, played by Alex Newell, of course, uh, who Amon was just referencing that he has met before. And uh, Alex Newell, of course, also is uh, one of the Glee cast members who has gone off to do some cool stuff afterwards, has been in uh, a couple of different shows and uh, both like theater pro uh, theater productions and uh, now currently starring on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I have watched season one of and I really enjoyed. Season two is currently airing, so I'm kind of waiting until, you know, more of that comes out and then I'm going to catch up. But uh, she was great on the, uh, or, you know, he was great in the first season of that um and uh, i'm excited to see you know what we're going to get into on the second season there but unique was on glee for a pretty much like half the show um i mean when you get down to like the technicality of it all even in like season four and season five where the character was present as either a main or a recurring character where still technically a main still missed a couple of episodes here and there but alex newell uh not a winner of the glee project but still given a big opportunity here to come on the show with a character that was you know completely um you know very very memorable is uh how i should say yeah um also, one of the winners, the co-winners of the first season of The Glee Project, it just started off with Damian McGinty and Samuel Larson, and then Ryan Murphy was like, you know what, what the hell, let's just bring the other two on too. So, uh, Alex and Lindsay Pierce got a chance to be on the show as well, and it seems that Unique was probably the one with the longest running arc on the show. I guess they figured that the character probably has so much more, um, real estate and, uh, material to use than the other characters much to my dismay about joe but you know this isn't about him but i think um as you know probably the 
the premier trans character on the show, if that's even a thing. Of course, there's Coach Beast as well, but we don't really get into his story until the tail end of the series. But this is something that we learn about Unique from Jump. So um, definitely a good chance for representation. I know that there was a lot of backlash in the beginning um, because, you know, look, when it comes to the black community, it can be, I mean, it can be really, really taboo when talking about things like um, homosexuality. And then on top of that, uh, anyone who's trans, it's just not something that a lot of old school black people get down with. And then on top of that, the history of the feminization of black men in Hollywood and how we can never just, you know, be masculine. Or if we are masculine, it's very like very violent caricatures of black men in, in Hollywood. So there was there were quite a few people that had a few words to say about um, Alex Newell being a trans character. And then you have people from the trans community that have an issue with it because trans roles should be played by trans actors and alex newell is not a trans man or trans woman he is a gay man so um yeah there was a there was a lot of controversy here ultimately i think the end goal was in the right spot i think what they were trying to do as far as telling stories that really weren't told to younger audiences a lot at this point like what other high school show really tackled this besides degrassi you know like i can't really think of any so, um, yeah, there, there, it definitely was not like the picture perfect beginning to the character. But I think um, I think what was achieved throughout her tenure on the show um, was far more positive than negative. And I feel like it's definitely a stepping stool and a learning point for a lot of people that aren't trans um, to, you know, be more mindful about trans people in gender in general and being more open to casting trans actors in trans roles because now we have a show like pose also produced by ryan murphy and it's a whole bunch of trans people up in there playing trans people so mm-hmm. you know definitely uh definitely uh some progress here yeah i can remember back to when you know unique first showed up on this sh- on the show and uh i had not had the context of watching the glee project but now that i do uh looking back on that on that season when uh when alex newell on that show was kind of uh, showing Ryan Murphy and company out there like, oh, so I also have this in my back pocket, that this is also how I perform. It, it wasn't the most clear, I think, um, right off the bat, especially when this character shows up of like, what story is being told here? I don't think that Ryan Murphy and, uh, and friends uh, put Alex Newell on the show with the intentions of portraying the story of uh, not just a black trans woman of a young black trans woman that is, you know, in mm-hmm. high school that is like, you know, mm-hmm. learning uh, about the, you know, figuring out them, their true selves like so early on in life. Uh, so when it started, I remember thinking and also like, you know, as a younger person watching the show. I think a lot of younger people today definitely are a lot more aware of just uh, of trans people in general and their stories and the, and their existence in the first place. Because I remember when I was younger, I wasn't the most aware. I did not like general. I don't think I generally realized uh, exactly what it meant to be transgender uh, until I was a little bit older. Because it just it wasn't in the stories that we were watching. It wasn't in our movies, our TV shows. And even when uh, this character shows up on Glee, it's like oh, so you know, it's a boy and he dresses up like a girl in the same way that they're going to make cheap jokes about from like Sue or whoever. Uh, 
uh, and that's how they present it. So I did not have like any genuine understanding until you know maybe when you get into season four and you start to pick up on like okay no this is who you know this is who she is uh, at all times not just you know dressing up for a performance and of course now you know even as a, as a much older person I'm much older 26 now um, you know you fully understand uh, what Unique's journey actually is even if it doesn't you know even if you can still tell that the writers and producers did not have it uh, on lock from the, from the jump so um, I think that I, I agree you know we've talked about this before I hope that if they were going to retell the story again today that from the start that they would have a better handle on it uh, tell it a little bit better and have less jokes in it have it be a more serious thing because uh, yeah it's uh, it's an important conversation that that is definitely you know been picking up in the past couple of years um, since Glee's been even been off the air and even a little bit while it was but uh, when they first started mm-hmm. and when they put first put Unique on the show I definitely don't think that they knew exactly like oh we're going to you know be smart about this they were just like okay this is what Alex showed us that you know he's capable of yeah um yeah i mean i i agree i think i had a similar experience i mean i wasn't um that well versed on the subject i mean it's like i said like growing up in a black household it was definitely something that wasn't really talked about and when it was talked about it was always like extremely otherized right and i just made up a word because otherized is definitely not a word but i think you guys get what i'm trying to say (laughs) um it was just you know i remember i'm not gonna say any family members names or anything because everybody is everybody but I remember walking down the street one time um, and I feel like it was Halloween or something like I I remember it being some kind of special day where something was going to pop off that night. I feel like it was Halloween Um, and I was walking home from I was being walked home from school and there were a bunch of what I thought back then my little eight year old brain thought that they were women. And I remember walking by and looking at them and they were all like done up and they had like these really extravagant costumes on and everything. And the person that I was walking with um, like sucked their teeth and like shook their head. And I was like, what's like, what's the problem? And they were like, it's uh, I just can't understand why men would want to dress up as women. And I was like, those were women. And I was like, they were like, no. I'm on. Those were men. Like, look at their legs. Look at their arms. They're dressed up as women. And I remember even then, like, I didn't quite have the vocabulary for it. And I'm not trying to pass myself off as, like, woke Amon at eight years old. But I just remember not really having, I hadn't learned that animosity yet. So I was just like, okay, so even if they were so, it, it looked like they were right. going somewhere. It looked like they, now, 26-year-old Amon probably could understand those were drag queens. They weren't even trans. I think they were just drag queens. <laughs> And they were yeah. going somewhere. They were probably a part of, like, some big group. They were about to perform somewhere that night. Um, and I just remember, like, wanting to, like, keep watching because they were – the way they were talking, the way they were beha- behaving and acting with each other. You know, I was watching an episode of Drag Race before Drag Race is even a thing. You know what I mean? And so it's just you, – you grow up and you learn so much. And the world gets, you know, recontextualized. And it's just so crazy that there are people that are – that hold such ignorance – and that's all that it really is, is just ignorance because they just don't know any better. And then that ignorance turns into hatred. And then then now it's important that these stories are being told so that people like uh, a unique Adams are not forced out of society or at the very worst forced into thinking that they're not worth it and then kill themselves. So mm-hmm. I think this is just, um, yeah, maybe it's not the perfect representation of every trans story. I don't think you ever really can find that because everyone is different. But I'm just I'm just thankful that it definitely helped bring me along in my path to understanding what it is to be trans um, and have better empathy for everyone else. 
So yeah, it's like embarrassing to say or think now, just like looking back on how you know when I was younger and like the things that were going through my head whenever I saw or heard of you know uh, quote unquote a man dressing up as a woman, like just not knowing how to define it, it you know, and in a young person's mind or at least in specifically my experience of like um, I, I it took me it, it uh, took me I, what I feel like is an embarrassing amount of time, but like maybe not just given you know the way that the, that culture has evolved over time uh, a long time for me to understand the difference between a drag queen and somebody who is transgender a trans woman um, just because again those stories are not told in anything that you were watching or that I was watching when I was younger so as I grew up and of course started things became a lot more clear uh, then you look back at things like this I'm looking back at a character like Unique and you know we're in the season three when we're first going to meet Unique and it's like oh she, she her story is essentially like so I like dressing up as a woman when I go out and perform. That's what makes me feel good when I'm performing. And it's like, you know, in my head, I'm like, when you can start to connect the dots, it's like, okay, so is that drag? But then as you get to, you know, spend more time with her going mm-hmm. into season four and like, that's how she wants to dress at all times. That's how, that's that's just who she is. It's not just, you know, I want to be unique for my performances. You start to understand a little bit more. And I think that that's just like, as they were, you know, bringing the character into being like a main character on the show, that's, you know, they decided that this was going to be a trans character, not just uh, somebody who did drag on stage for, for you know, performances and whatnot. Um, but it took a while to get there. And, you know, I I can't uh, or I don't want to, like, come down too hard on them for that because I do think they corrected that by season four. But just my overall take, like just going into this podcast and, uh, you know, as we're going to get into all of it, I do feel like overall it's kind of like trending thumbs down, like not really thumbs in the middle. Like we're going like kind of thumbs down on the overall, uh, you know, treatment of unique, the storytelling of unique, just like, like, you know how like in Mercedes Mm -hmm. uh, story, we talk about how we get to season five when we finally get to get a little bit like more in depth of like her life experience and her story rather than just like, you know, blah, 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 background, this and that. Uh, we never really got to that point with unique. Like you get to season five, we're at the end of the thing there for, uh, you know, these characters. And, uh, it's, it's all about, you know, uh, I want to, you know, the, the story with the bathroom and, you know, they make a joke out of it with Sue putting the porta potty in the, in the choir room. Um, at least you get a little bit in season six where she comes back and is able to, you know, have that conversation with, uh, with coach beast, but it's still, it, it never felt like enough for me. And, while we're examining this, I'm looking into. I put all my notes together. I was like, I really don't feel like this was done well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's presented. Um, I feel like they sort of like ease you into it, and I mean, I can't really speak to a lot of trans people's experiences, but I sort of I think I understood what it was they were trying to go for with that. You know, maybe unique. I mean, she was still trying to figure out exactly who she was, and so being on stage she knew that at that point that was like you know you can be anybody when you're on stage right like that's the whole right. point of being an actor and then you know you sort of like start off that way and then you realize you know what i kind of i think that this is actually who i am it's kind of similar to what uh peppermint on drag race you know when she was talking about her experience she you know she said she started off doing drag and she thought you know she just really really enjoyed drag and then she was like you know what no this is this is who i am i don't think i'm supposed to be in this body at all. And so I feel like it might not be an uncommon thing to start off that way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's because just like anyone else, transgender people are born into an anti-trans environment. And so it takes them a long time to figure out their own shit. You know what I mean? And so then, and then by, of course, we, we, we can only figure out things as fast as they do because we're not them. Right. And I think that's like the unfortunate part of the reality is that you don't. That's why I think it's just important to be kind. That is always like the general message that I try to leave with is because sometimes everybody's going through their own shit. 
And it's as simple as that. And sometimes they don't quite understand everything quite yet either. And they're never going to understand their own shit unless you let them. So let these people do what they need to do. And then they'll talk to us. And then you learn from them. And then we all move forward. You know what I mean? You just have to continuously have that open mind because it is, it, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's, something, it's definitely something that you have to be able, you have to be susceptible to learning all this new stuff, right? Because we spend so much time being steeped in a binary system of man, woman, penis, vagina, husband, wife, boy, girl, pink, blue. It's all like it's that's all we know. That's what we that's what we come up in. And then all of a sudden, somewhere along the lines, then we have to start worrying about how gender actually is just a social construct. Sure, penises exist, vaginas exist. People are born men, women. Sometimes people are born intersex. That happens sometimes as well. But gender within itself, all of that stuff that we created around it, you know, whether or not you're supposed to be playing football and you're supposed to be in ballet, whether or not you're supposed to like pink, you're supposed to like blue, whether or not you're supposed to, uh, you know, be a doctor and you're supposed to be a nurse, all that shit is gender and that's it. And I feel like the sooner people can understand that, then it becomes a lot easier to understand how someone could feel as if, I'm not in the right spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, people that like to be within the within the realm of all of them at once or one one day and the other. Like I told you guys that story about how I laughed in this kid's face as a resident assistant and he got into the elevator and he had a bow in his hair. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, on Tuesdays, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm a woman. And I laughed and he was like, I'm not joking. And then I realized, oh, shit, like people really be out here. So it's just like you have to always just you know check yourself and try to learn and so yeah i i feel like i feel like if anything at the baseline i think that's what unique was supposed to do for us and did she get it right every single time in terms of like i mean did the writers get it right i don't know that's definitely i think i tend to agree with you that i think a lot of trans people would try to trend this down um but you know it's an introduction if if anything and hopefully, you know, hopefully we can be in a position where our generation really, you know, kind of helps the next generation kind of under us to like, you know, get uh, more knowledge of uh, just everything that you just said, everything that we've been talking about uh, to like learn more of this at a younger age and, you know, not be on the playground picking on somebody for their di- differences. I'm sure that we're not in any kind of perfect world for that yet, even with this next generation, maybe even not with the generation after. But um, I do feel like, you know, I think most people would agree that we're trending in the right direction on that end of things. And, you know. Uh, for sure, you know, to how I was just talking about when, when I was younger watching this show and introduced to this character, I was confused. I didn't think twice about it, but I think I do, th- I do for sure think, especially, you know, seeing a lot of like social media with like people that are watching Glee for the first time and whatnot, that um, hopefully kids uh, that are, you know, younger are picking up on things at an earlier age. So, you know, with all that said, uh, we'll continue to talk about everything with Unique as we go through it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll keep the discussion going uh, even after we're done with all of this and, you know. Um, it was uh, it was really nice to uh, to speak with uh, you know we we talked to Grace a couple of weeks back. I don't want Grace to you know feel the pressure of having to you know re- represent uh, all trans people or anything like that on the show. So I'm hoping that we um, are able to you know f- uh, to speak with more trans people to tell their story and whatnot, especially with a show like this that tried to attempt to cover the uh, you know to cover representation for those people, but definitely didn't do uh, as good of a job as they could have. And like you said, pose exists and whatnot. So I do think there's a lot more room uh, to grow in this world of Ryan Murphy shows and all this kind of stuff that were, uh, you know, gathered here to discuss. So Mm -hmm. with that said, 
Unique Adams, season three, we are going to meet her in Saturday Night Cleaver. She shows up at McKinley because Kurt and Mercedes are there and uh, she definitely likes them, uh, idolizes them. I don't know if that's too strong of a way to put it, but definitely like is excited to meet them and seek some advice from them. Um, we are going to see Unique who shows up presenting as Wade, right? As, um, uh, you know not fully in uh you know not not ready to be unique just yet at all times and that's kind of why she's here to come talk to Kurt and Mercedes about this uh n- not that it's a problem but just you know this uh concern that she's having about I want to go on stage and I want to be unique I want to perform the way that I feel best performing but I don't know if it's going mm-hmm. to go, uh, to go well. I don't know if it's my best idea. And uh, we get into like a whole mess here with like you know Sue kind of using this as a tactic to uh, you know be like oh Kurt Mercedes like make sure that she does this because it'll it'll screw them over. Yeah, um, Unique comes in really really hot, showering um, Kurt and Mercedes in compliments. Just. A very pleasant person, right? I mean, she's done up in, like, this huge-ass fur coat and sunglasses. I mean, it's literally the middle of the spring, so. <laughs> but I guess it's never it's never too hot for a fashion statement. Um, but, of course, Sue is going to try to work this to their advantage. I mean, she's working with the Glee Club now, um, and she wants to do anything that she can to, to tank. Um, to tank. Unique, who's coming to them for advice because she considers them to be some of the more extravagant people in the club that would probably identify with her plight. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kurt and Mercedes, uh, they are going to agree to the plan at first. Sue's going to give them this dress and these heels for Unique to wear. They go ahead and give them to Unique, and then Unique decides that she's going to go ahead and do it because... That's all she really needed was the validation from Kurt and Mercedes. She just needed that extra little push. She got it, and she got some new shoes out of it. So, <laughs> hey. Yeah, and they try to stop her. They think that, actually, wait, maybe this isn't the best idea. Sue put us up to this. Like, if she goes out there and this, uh, you know, wearing wearing this outfit, like, things might not go well for her. They actually end up really concerned. But, no, she's going to go out there and do it anyway. And, luckily, you know, it's super well-received by the crowd. And what we follow over the rest of the season here uh, for this short period of time that, you know, we are following uh, Vocal Adrenaline and Unique uh, here mm-hmm. is that uh, Vocal Adrenaline now has this unique factor, as they're going to reference it as. Uh, Sue talks about it a couple of the the kids talk about it about how they're such a threat this year because they have that you know unique factor i don't know play on words there great uh, cute stuff there um as unique is now the head of the team definitely going to be the star of the show going into nationals and uh you know that's uh, a scary thing because of how well it went over last time how well the crowd received her and uh, enjoyed the two performances there or no i think that was just boogie shoes right at the at saturday night cleaver and then nationals is where we're going to get you know pinball wizard and starships where we're going to, you know, go all out and Unique is going to end up having a great, you know, a great show there as well, getting the uh, MVP award, even though Vocal Adrenaline does not pull out the win because, you know, New Directions had to come on in with a great performance and get the win there. But um, overall, you know, uh, the the friendship seems to be strong there, you know, if you can even call it that, just the uh, relationship between Kurt Mercedes and Unique. Unique is so, like, appreciative of their energy that they're bringing to, like, conversations with her, even though they're on opposing sides, that Unique ends you know, the season there being like, hmm, you know, Unique might just have to switch schools next year because I like the way that things sound over there. Yeah, but only you knew. If this is season three, girl. Try coming here in season one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you uh, 
if you were to have the same opinion. But yeah, I mean, uh, she 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 does she goes out, she does it. It, it looks good. She sounds good. I wanna put on my 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 Belgie shoes. I can't wait to hear that later today. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, she does a great job. And uh, of course, Jesse St. Jackson. Or is that she's saying James? What the hell? So Jackson? Jackson. <laughs> I thought that was some joke. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I can. I can oh, that would have been pretty. Uh, it wouldn't be great. Damn, I should have said it was. <laughs> um, tries to stop her, but nope, too late. Too late. And she's going to, you know, she's, the, I mean, Kurt and Mercedes are like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Hey, hey, you know, slay, bitch. Slay. But of <laughs> course. It only makes things worse for them as far as the Glee Club is concerned because now they have to contend with that for Nationals. Yes. But it's all good because, you know, they get their win. Uh, the New Directions mm-hmm. do. Unique gets the MVP award. So uh, we're going to, you know, close the book there MVP on season the three. House. And uh, show up in season four. Unique has transferred to McKinley. And she's going to be a part of the New Directions. She tells everybody when she shows up, she wants it to be a pl- be at a place where differences are celebrated. And as much as you can, you know, uh, I can agree with the jokes about season one, maybe not being the time to jump in. Uh, you know, overall, they try to paint the uh, paint this school, even though, you know, Karofsky's and whatnot exist, uh, as a school or at least the New Directions as a club where that's all embraced. And especially coming from the world of Jesse St. James slash Jackson. Yeah, that's not a place that uh you know she really wanted to be so they're going to end up having the competition for the new rachel unique obviously wants to be in on this uh but of course does not end up getting the job uh, if you can call it a job because blaine is going to be the new rachel um the new kids are uh, not the new kids the new directions are uh super popular these days and uh you know uh it's gonna become an issue a, a bit when unique shows up to you know spend time with them and sit with them because unique is now you know coming to school every day dressed as a woman, that's how she, you know, she's, she is a woman. That is, uh, you know, what we're getting at here. That is what I think they're trying to tell us without, you know, overtly just saying it, uh, or anything like that because whatever. Um, so the kids are going to kind of be a little harsh on her right away and be like, I thought we agreed that you weren't going to dress like that, whatever, like this, that, whatever. Uh, and Unique's like, what, what's going on here? I thought, I thought I was coming here for a reason. Yeah, um, they are now, you know, using the same tools as the oppressor, trying to, like, you know, now that they've reached a certain level of status because they get to sit with Kitty and the two nameless assholes at the table, like, now they feel like they don't want to lose that status, so they are encouraging Unique not to wear her face. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's stupid. I mean, they're literally just regressing back to doing exactly what was done to them, but only to her, um... Because they're afraid of having to go back down to the gutter, which is really just a higher social commentary, if you will, on how black trans women are like the most disenfranchised. It's like even at the even at the table of the misfits, they're still side eyed. It's like, yeah, girl, if y'all don't just let her wear her damned heels and let her wear her face like y'all weren't saying any of this shit when she was like, you know, at nationals last time. Y'all were like, yeah, cheering her on. And now it's like the other way around. It's. It's so silly to me. So, yeah, representing like the whole high school dynamic of like, oh, popularity is mm-hmm. here. Like, oh, Kitty and the and the cool kids are all sitting with us now. And so uh, if Unique comes by, you know, there's more to make fun of. It's like as if like, you know, they're all out here making fun of Marley's mom in this episode. And it's like when Unique sits at the table, it's almost like Marley's mom comes to sit at the table, like somebody that just looks like they don't belong. And they immediately, you know, the high school energy within all of them just rejects this person and wants to cast them aside and kind of shame her for it. They're like, why are you doing this? I thought we agreed this wasn't going to be a thing all the time. 
the time. And Unique's like, okay, this is, you know, come on. Yeah, they don't quite understand that this is, like, who she is and that it's not just an act. It's not just a character. Unlike you guys who have to, like, put on gimmicks whenever you're performing, this ain't a gimmick. Like, it's who she is. Right. So... Yeah, um, they're going to kind of make up mostly by the end of the episode, or at least Unique is going to, uh, you know, swiftly move on. And uh, the friendship with Marley is going to begin and grow uh, as Unique is going to end up being, uh, being a, you know, a big part in convincing Marley to, like, stay with the New Directions even after they're making fun of her mom so much. So uh, Marley's back. Unique and Marley are going to be, you know, good friends going all the way to the end of their run together, uh, even if they don't have, like, you know, tons of time together. You know, Unique and Marley, maybe even girlfriends, some fans might say. Um, so we'll get to that fanfic whenever we get to that. Um, and uh, so much so that, you know, when Marley starts to have her eyes on a certain uh, Puckerman boy, that Unique is going to come on in and uh, try to save the day and warn her that this is not the best idea uh jake puckerman is a womanizer and uh, she's gonna sing about it (laughs) so this makes me i i so i wonder because like you said they they really sort of like start like with a slow trickle into really coming out about um how unique truly feels about herself um but then we have episodes like this where she is in women's clothing in the hallway she's also in the because it looks like the girls in the guys gym classes are split up because i mean this could just be the number of you know womanizer but it looks like she's in class with the rest of the girls in the gym so it's like is she allowed to do this now do people understand what's going on here like it's it's kind of like mixed messaging so i definitely take the critique there like it's not like it's really unclear as to like what part of the process you know of understanding is the rest of the school in at this point but um she definitely has the lowdown on what's the tea with uh with Jake and tries to give Marley every ounce of a warning that she can and they sing an entire Britney Spears number and Marley just ignores it and asks Jake out anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to see this friendship continue to grow and that uh, Unique is eventually going to start opening up to Marley more and more, especially as we get towards the grease of it all. Uh, Unique is looking to audition uh, for Rizzo, or at least wants to audition for Rizzo, but really doesn't think that it's going to end up going well because nobody takes her seriously as a woman. And Marley is the person that she's going to kind of confide in about all of that stuff and, you know, express how, like, I want to be here. I want to be in the New Directions. I want to be, you know, in the play, but uh, it just doesn't feel like this is going to end up going well. And, you know, that's almost confirmed by Sue Sylvester, who's going to walk out of the bathroom stall and be like, yeah, no, you're not playing Rizzo. Uh, That's not happening. That's that's not a, a thing that we're going to let happen at this school. And, you know, Sue is going to, you know, that's, I, I guess, just the start of uh, the running theme for the next two seasons of, you know, I guess Sue is so welcoming about so many different groups and all these different, you know, disabilities. And, and she, on one hand, like uh, with certain aspects of the LGBT community, I guess with, um, you know, the gay characters when Santana is, you know, going through the the being outed, she wants to be there for her. But just the T, the speci- specifically the T in LGBT, Sue is like completely out of you know out of touch with and uh is not going to be quite an ally for the most part of unique story which is pretty uh you know sad to see it's you know it it, it that doesn't need to be there right the kid unique is already having enough of a tough time dealing with like all the kids around her we don't need the administration we don't need the uh, principal sue to also be giving her a hard time about so many things so that's really just going to be one of my bigger issues with how this story plays out over you know these two seasons but um luckily marley by her side is like sue we don't care what you think and they're going to go out audition with some blow me one last kiss and finn's later going to come to unique and talk about how you know what I'm giving you the role, even though Sue doesn't want me to. Yeah, so, I mean, this this is great, because this is sort of, like, the first time that she actually 
Well, it's not the first time because she does talk her back in season three. Like, yeah, like I'm a gay man, but well, well, he says to her, I'm a gay man, but I don't go out in heels. And she says that's because you identify as a, as a boy. Like, I, I don't. I believe, like unique as a woman and I, I, I am unique. So it's not the first time, but it is like a reiteration. Like, this is not. Uh, like I'm, I don't want to have to keep going back from way too unique to way too unique. It's so it's so frustrating to never really know my place. I don't want to go into the boys' bathroom, but uh, I, I mean, I, I can't go into the girls' bathroom, but I don't feel safe in the boys' one. It's just so frustrating to never know where to go. And getting this part really says to me that finally there's at least someone here or this group of people here that can understand what I'm trying to say and who I'm trying to be. Um, so yeah, I, I like that there is like she speaks words to power here and like letting us know what's going on inside her head. The thing that is so icky to me, and I guess is another you know downtrend part of this story, is the fact that Sue is the one that says you are a boy, you can't have this role, yada yada yada. You're not going to do this. And instead of doing like the whole usual thing where Sue doesn't seem to understand what's going on with transgenderism and it's like being very antagonistic, she goes to her parents. And then what we're supposed to believe is that she is doing it because she's afraid for Unique's safety. But that's not the energy that she brought to Unique in the bathroom. Like if that were the if that were the thing and Sue was just being protective over Unique, sure, I'm fine with that. We can still work that and make that some like sort of that can still be antagonistic in some ways. But for you to take Sue and to make her utterly transphobic in the bathroom and then make her call her parents and then say you got pushed into a locker i don't know about this it's like does she actually care or is she just being transphobic like which is it it's very messy writing i i fully uh, for the most part feel like it's just sue being transphobic and pre being presented as you know this obstacle that unique has to overcome in her day-to-day -day life of you know uh feeling like she's getting somewhere but like there's always going to be something that's holding her back and sure um i i can also appreciate if that's the way to put it like just the like the broader i guess message that like this is kind of true of you know trans women stories uh black women black trans women stories in general of like there's always something holding them back um and always something that's like causing them to be uh you know there's always a, a certain like oppressor somebody that's always like making it harder for them to just get through life on the daily but like it would have it would have been nice if we were able to like show a more positive story for unique overall and not have people like sue getting in the way to make things more difficult as we go um that's not the world that we ended up living in the writing that ended up happening here but at least we do have you know the people like marley the people like finn who are trying to to come to unique and say like look i want to give you the chance i want to be by your side and all this stuff so when finn gives unique the part regardless of what sue said unique is you know pretty emotional like promises she's going to do the part justice and you know she talks to Finn about you know how she's been so down lately she thought she could come here to be herself and and you know just you know live life um as free as you know she wanted to to you know be living uh but you know she's not even able to use the girls locker room nobody's accepting her uh but now feeling like uh she's got a chance here with the opportunity to play Rizzo uh that's kind of hitting like a reset button here to be like all right it's been a couple weeks of like things haven't been going great but this is like a new opportunity a new place for me to like focus my energy and hopefully make this work out for me um but given what you were just talking about as well Sadly, as, as it seems to end that episode on a high note uh, in the role you were born to play, uh, it doesn't seem to work out very well for Unique because uh, Unique's parents are going to end up stopping by the school, coming into Figgins' office. They have a whole meeting there about, you know, it's so great that Unique got this part, but... 
the par- her parents are going to pull her from the play from everything that you know Sue or Figgins had gotten into their heads about the fact that bullying might come from all of this uh, especially after the experience that she had in the last school where yeah the crowd seemed to be receptive of it but obviously the experience with like Jesse and maybe her other teammates wasn't the most positive so Unique ends up not getting a chance to actually play the role of Rizzo Santana's going to come back on in and you know sne- like swoop in to take the role pissing off Tina as well um, she still go- does get to sing in There Are Worse Things I Could Do but it's like an emotional performance from the crowd like this is what I this was my dream to play Rizzo like I wanted this so bad and now I'm in the audience because nobody's just letting me live there was like no reason why not to let her do it you know I I think that would have been an interesting part to add to the story I mean you mentioned that the Tina getting pissed off part um because we see that they don't quite understand uh that she is transgender quite yet it would have been nice to see well not I mean not nice for her character to go through this but I think it would have been realistic if there would have been uh, one of the other girls in the club that wanted the same part that was like, why are we giving it to this boy? That's not fair to me. Like, I, I'm a girl. Like, I want, I want the part, whatever. That would have been an interesting and I think really uh, realistic thing that we would have had, that we, that we see, you know, in real life. But they wanted to make Sue the bad guy here, which I can understand. They don't want, you don't want to hate any of the Glee kids, but I feel like that's, I mean, if anything, make Kitty go after that part. Like, she's over here screwing around with Marley and that dumbass Sandy role. Like, make yeah, and, Kitty... And just to cut you off for a second, just I I want to agree with you here and say, like, I don't think that we should ever feel like... Or, like, I don't think that there should ever be a circumstance where, like, trans women have to explain themselves. Like, I think that we can all agree on that. But at least as far as, like, this show goes and the fact that it was so confusing to this point, uh, you know, the story that they were telling, you know, going back to season three, it's like, are we doing this or are we not? Uh, if they did have one, like, powerful scene there of, like, what you're saying, maybe, like, a Tina or somebody wanting the role and saying, you know, some throwaway line about, like, Unique's not even a girl, like, why can't can't I do this? And then maybe giving uh, either Unique or somebody to stand up for Unique to say, yes, she is. She is a girl. Yeah. She is a woman. She is like, she is perfectly capable of playing this part. She deserves to play this part. And, you know, kind of shutting it down, making sure the audience, making sure the kids understand that, like, we're not doing this. We're not, we're not playing that game. Exactly. Because, I mean, the, the, I mean, uh, yeah, we get to see a little bit of that with Ryder later on. Um, and yes, there are men are extremely uh, transphobic, but a lot of transphobia comes from women as well that just do not they just don't believe that trans women are women. They just don't they just don't see it. And so I think that that I mean, of course, we get it from Sue, but it's never really identified. It's never really as if like Sue is like saying it, n- it never comes from like the malice of I'm a real woman. You are not. You know what I mean? We never really get we never really touch on that subject too much, which once again, Maybe it's a little too real for Glee. Maybe we're asking too much because they like to walk that fine line. But I think that it's something that that this this is just another reason as to why I feel like a lot of people in the trans community have a problem with the storytelling here because it doesn't always portray yeah. everything the way that it that it should. Yep. Luckily, when we get to uh, sectionals, when we get to Thanksgiving, Unique has been kind of like in and out of the Glee Club lately, like, you know, especially after going through everything with Greece there. Uh, but she is here. She's back for sectionals. She's, you know, dressed to the nines like looking great here and uh, Marley is very happy to see her very happy to see her you know ready to go perform exactly the way that she likes to perform um, and just being herself so Unique is like I'm done listening to everybody else my parents I'm gonna do me Uh, she's like you know my parents wanted to protect me but if I'm not myself there's not gonna be anything left inside of me to protect so I gotta I I gotta you know stop listening to everybody else that wants to chime in with their opinion so luckily at sectionals you know she's going to uh, you know come out there ready to you know it's, it's like take three take four 
or take five at this point of trying to just be herself and try to like live a normal life and people keep getting in the way. Uh, so we are going to see that things, you know, work out well, at least for her end of things, not, not really for Marley's end of things there. Uh, so obviously, you know, things kind of play out the way they do on that end of things, but that's really kind of it for the first half of the season. And like the only part of the show, the part of the season, that's not going to be about the Katie of it all. Uh, like that's what we had there. That kind of wraps up that first part of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this, you know, since I got here at McKinley, it hasn't been going great for me, but you know, now kind of just giving us this final scene of like, I'm uh, enough. I'm done. I'm doing it. Yeah. So, so, okay. So remind me of the timeline here. So it's, they, do we find out about Katie before or after we find out the fact that Ryder and, um, and Unique are at odds? So that all pretty much happens in the same episode. Uh, the episode is feud towards the like the middle portion of the second half of the of season four, and that's when we meet Katie. And we also have the writer and unique feud uh, is going to start in that episode, and that's when Katie is obviously we know that Katie is unique, and Katie's like you probably should understand unique a little bit better, even though you don't want to agree with her. So I'm 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 just kind of wondering like where it all begins here. Like I'm one out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Yeah, but I'm. But if I'm trying to like put this together, right? Like I would assume that this I would I I just I don't know, something tells me that Katie happens before they actually start fighting with one another. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe no, maybe they start fighting and then Katie starts to exist. I don't know. See, I uh, I wish that we we knew that because I feel like that would bring so much more context to the situation because if if Katie existed before Ryder and them started fighting, then that leaves room for like further demonization of Unique's character, right? Like she was being manipulative to Ryder, and then on top of that, they were fighting um, in real life in you know outside of the chat room. But if it happened the other way around, and Unique, you know, created Katie to get closer to Ryder because she felt like Ryder just didn't quite understand Unique, I feel like that's such a much more compelling storyline. But we don't get why couldn't they just give us more? I don't understand. Uh... I don't know. I'm just annoyed. But, um, okay. I mean, yeah. Katie exists. Unique creates her. He, you know, she gets c- close to Ryder. They start, you know, uh, you know, Unique is going to explain later on that it started off as something really, really silly and it just wasn't anything that deep. And then they started, you know, revealing things to one another and talking about their personal experiences. And then it got really, really deep, really, really fast. And then she just didn't know how to stop because, you know, on some level, of course, Ryder is getting a lot, a lot out of this, but. So is Unique, you know? I feel like Unique doesn't really have a lot of people to talk to. I mean, yeah, there's Marley, but, like, how much does she really talk to Marley? Because Marley's all booed Mm -hmm. up with Jake. So she's really isolated and very alone, even in McKinley. Yeah, um, so that's it's it's pretty much like at this point in the season, I guess they had, you know— Nothing better to do for Ryder, nothing better to do for Unique. And uh, we talked in Ryder's podcast about, you know, uh, especially as I was going through it all in a sequential order, starting to like maybe understand a little bit more of where this all came from for his perspective of like, he really felt like he had nowhere else to turn to. He was opening up to people and it was like getting shut down from his friends, from any potential romantic partners. So he ended up turning to Katie who, you know, lets him open up and they can talk to each other and they had a good uh, friendship going through the internet. Uh, On Unique's end of things here. So yeah, we have... It's just it really just comes down to me is like they thought that they might have been able to tell a story that, you know, that that unique as not not specifically like unique's experience as a trans person, um, as a trans woman is is just telling the story of like somebody who like they're almost presenting is like as is 
is undesirable and the only way that they can form a, a connection is by hiding mm-hmm. on the internet under this you know fake person profile yeah but why couldn't we get that from the get-go like I mean, right, because what, exactly when they present it later on, when they tell us who it is and it's unique, it's presented as like this awful thing. I mean, and again, yeah, no, she was in the wrong for going that far with it. But if we and of course, I, I, I also understand that, you know, it would ruin the suspense if we had found out earlier. But if they were doing a better job telling unique story, we would have known from the beginning that this was unique right. and that this was a struggle that she was going through to form a connection with a guy that she might like. And we would have been able to figure this out from both sides of the story. It just would have ruined their whole big reveal when we find out it was unique but at that point i think most of us pretty much already figured out it was unique so they you know they could have done so much better here yeah like i mean yeah it's just yeah i mean you're right like it's just it's all about the suspense of it all and having ooh the scandalous catfish storyline um but i think i don't think that i think that the stakes are still raised you know because i think if anything i think that the stakes are even higher because you know where it's coming from like as opposed to it being a mystery you turn it into a thriller you know what I mean? Not to say that trans people are living thriller lives. I'm just saying, like, the fact that, you know, like, if we were able to see Unique go through this thing with Ryder where she's starting to develop feelings for him, she creates this account because she knows that Ryder is never going to see her as a woman, yada, 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 and they start getting really, really close, and we see Ryder getting close with her and vice versa, and then all of a sudden Ryder wants to know who the hell it is. That would have been so much more compelling because it's like, is she going to reveal herself? What is she going to do? Like, what's gonna, what right. is he going to do when he finds out? Like, and it just gives Unique just much more screen time. I feel like there probably still would have been people that would have had an issue with it because it's like, oh, you're you're painting transgender people as um, as deceptive individuals. They're always trying to lie. They don't want to be them true selves. They're you know they're trying to they're just, all they do is they're just gay men that want to sleep with men and. That people would have definitely had that narrative, but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like hiding it until now, just and then having her coming at the very end of the season, no less, is just so like, yeah. Okay, but then what? Then what? And, and then to they not wrap it up, it. And, they don't even wrap mm-hmm. it up. It's just like, uh, come on. It's lazy, and it's it's again part of going back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast of just they did not handle this character as. Anywhere near to me as well as they should have. They did not give it the care that they should have. And it's like, it's, it's, it, I really, really, really hope that they would correct this kind of issue if they were filming this today. Cause obviously Unique is not the star of the show. Uh, it's like when they, when they look into the season four kids, who are their leading players? Jake and Marley, a little bit of Ryder being mixed in there. And then Kitty coming in as like, you know, um, a big villain character. So Unique kind of falls by the wayside of like them not feeling like they have an important like duty to tell her story. But it's like, you have a black trans woman on the show. There, there is a story to tell there and just throwing her off to the side and mixing her into this is not the move here. Uh, but that's the move that they went with. So we get, yeah, we get the, you know, of course, the uh, iconic performance between Ryder and Unique with uh, Dress You Up, Bitches Back. So at least that happened amidst all of this madness. Um, but Unique spends this whole time, you know, talking to Ryder, trying to, you know, as Katie, of course, trying to explain to Ryder, you know, you're you're in the wrong about this and you should probably make it up to Unique. You should probably, you know, try to understand her later on telling Ryder you should go to all your friends and, you know, make this better with all of them because, you know, they're, they, you know, you should be there for each other. So Ryder does come and apologize to all of them by the end of the day. But we do get like in that episode, in the feud episode, we get Unique telling them a story about how after the day of her and Ryder's duet, she 
went home and a group of girls were laughing at her and she was like, you know, I think they like almost chased her home or something, if I'm remembering that scene correctly. So obviously presenting, a new, you know, the situation of what happened of like, she was in danger, this could have ended up a lot worse and her friends are going to be like, okay, well, we are walking you home every day from now on. But it's still such a throwaway like line and, mm-hmm. and scene and comment there. It's so quick. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you guys were onto something there. Like go deeper into that. Go deep. No, and they're just like, no, we just want to talk about Ryder and Ryder, Ryder, Ryder. So uh, they, you know, they could have had something. They were like, oh no, this is like, you know, we can throw that whatever. So they didn't end up uh, even going as far into that as they could have or should have. It's just so quick. Um, I don't don't even know. So the school shooting happens as well. You know, obviously Unique's phone is going to go off when Ryder calls Katie, you know, Katie in that room. And uh, Unique is going to pass up on opportunity time and time again to meet up with Ryder because of the fear of what will happen when they do finally meet up. So when all is said and done and, you know, Unique is going to not let Marley take the fall, is going to come to Ryder to be like, I I was the one that that I've been talking to you and what you were talking about earlier. You know, it did not... I did not mean for it to be this way. It was a genuine connection that we had formed and I did not mean for it to, you know, happen like this. I I just, I hate, I hate it from pretty much start to finish for Unique's perspective of the story. For writers, I started to understand a lot of it, but the fact that Unique had to be the one on the other side uh, of all of this and end up coming out as the villain being like, uh, I understand Ryder. I did something so bad. Like, if you want to hit me, hit me. It's like, no, uh, no. Yeah, it's. I just looked at the episode, and it's. Yeah, it literally just happens all at once. It's just you. F- you see Ryder in the in the chat room, and Unique says to him, "As Katie, we've only known each other for a week, and I feel like I've told you more than anyone else I've told in my entire life." And then she asks him, "Is there anything interesting that happened at school today?" And Ryder tells uh, her about how he got into a fight with Unique earlier about Marley and Jake. Um, and then Unique replies to him, "As Katie." Yeah, so did you let him know that, or did you let her know that it's aggressive, or aggressive, it is um, feud week in Glee Club, how about you get your aggressiveness out, aggression out in a song, and so it's just like, what, this is, it It, it almost seems to me like they, this storyline is just so cobbled, it's just so cobbled, because I it, just feel like they, it, it, it feels like at first, it feels like that catfish could have been anybody at first, you know what I mean, and I felt like, it feels like they didn't decide to make it unique until later on. And that's shitty. For and the then character. when they decide, and in either way, like if they decided it like three years into the writing process or like the day of the writing process, whatever. Um, the, the fact that they, you know, again, did not tell it from her perspective of things to make it just seem right. like, you know, and that's why we come away with feeling like she's the villain. Like they could have had it be neck brace Cheerio for all I care. Right. It's just. Because what's the, <laughs> what's the motivation? Because they don't give you any, like what would be the motive? There's no, there's no explanation. It's like, why, if she didn't like him, why would she then suggest that they sing a song together? Was it just to feel close to him? Because she actually did like him was she trying was she was she as unique telling Ryder stay away from from Marley because I would rather you be interested in like what what where is the story here it's Hello? not it's not it's not it's not it's not there because they don't care about the character very much like plain and simple so um you know they share an awkward hug on stage after they win regionals and then the storyline is never brought back up again so you know we're going to move on into season five alex newell pr- promoted to a series regular but unique is really not going to be any kind of main character you know going forward that whole storyline just gets completely you know brushed under the rug uh, and she's going to be there for the first part of the season along with all of the rest of the glee kids but mostly in the background you know in a bunch of group numbers and whatnot and uh, we'll get you know in a second to you know the real like only storyline that she has in season five um but i don't know anything else on all this i feel like we could sit here all day and talk about how you know 
it could have been better how bad it was. If anybody else out there has, you know, all, uh, an alternative view about this and thinks that there are positives to take from it, uh, from from the perspective of the character, I mean, unique, that's not from the other way around. Please, you know, let us know. But that's yeah, just please all do. I can really give you. And that's I mean, that's and that's why I tried to, you know, get out a lot of the positives in the beginning, because I knew that we were going to get back to this point where it was just like, what the fuck is going on with this character? <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah, just reiterating that there definitely is a lot of positive that comes from this, right? But it's just do better, you know, do better. Like, write this story with the same amount of passion that you would write a Rachel Berry storyline. You know what I mean? Like, you make Rachel's storylines so crystal clear. We know her motivations. We know what's in her way. We know what she has to do to get over those motivations. We know that she has an inner saboteur. That she is a fully realized character. And I understand that not everyone is going to, ha- you know, have that edit, right? Because the story can only really effectively follow only a certain amount of people. But if you're going to do a transgender storyline, do a fucking transgender storyline point blank period you know and that, that just is what it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and then okay so i mean just to use that get, getting right into season five uh we're back to talking about the character in the in the ter- in terms of like this is a transgender character and it turns into all about the bathroom of it all and th- is that an important conversation to have in general absolutely um just to ensure that you know trans people all over are able to you know it's, it's such a simple thing to say out loud right of like of course they should be able to use whatever bathroom but it, it has been such a hot button topic uh, over past the past couple of years and even still to this day in many places of like people that just can't get it through their brains of like it's a fucking bathroom like shut up and let this person go to the bathroom. Um, but they make it such a big issue here in uh, the twerking episode of Glee. And they, they, I, I, again, I hate about the fact that like, they, it's the same thing for like this twerking episode that I feel about like the shooting star episode that we have such a real storyline happening here and the way that this is going to end up getting resolved. So long story short, Unique wants to use uh, the, you know, wants to use the girl's bathroom is going to end up in a bunch of different like, you know, issues that is going to not be able to allow her to comfortably do that. Uh, a porta potty gets dropped into the middle of the choir room with question marks all over it to just make a big haha, isn't this funny? And we end the episode of Will trading in the new directions twerking for unique using a bathroom because we can't ever just have a genuine real moment here uh to fix the situation i really hope i'm not being too hard on it i hope i'm not like you know nobody's being like matt shut, shut up like I, I hope that's not the case here it might be but it's just like you know oh okay sue uh, we'll stop twerking so that unique can go to the bathroom like a normal person because that's a trade that we should have to make yeah, I mean, it's like, once again, it's Glee trying to, you know, make light of the situation because they are a, a comedy show. And so they're trying to approach this with a bit of humor, which I have no problem with. It just sort of, it has to be, you know, it has to be elegant. You know what I mean? And I feel like in this episode, it's not really, I feel like, you know, it's, this was a hot button issue during this particular time. There was a lot of stuff in the in the media. It dominated the news cycles about whether or not transgender people should be allowed to use the restrooms. You were hearing so many horror stories about men pretending to be women so that they could get into the women's bathrooms to snatch children and, you know, God knows whatever else. Um, and so Glee decided to address it, and they tried to do it in a humorous way, and it just not everything landed. I think the only, I think the only really strong performance of this was just unique getting to sing Beyonce's um, If I Were a Boy. That's like the only really good thing that sort of like stands the test of a bit of time here. Everything else is just sort of, ugh. 
You could and I wouldn't have out. minded all of this happening if it happened in like early season four when Unique showed up at the school and, you know, we were going through all of these struggles to like get her feeling comfortable where she transferred schools here. Like if this whole thing happened back then, but it's like at this point, we're not even, we're, this character doesn't exist in its own world right now. It's not, you know, following the story of Unique. It's following like just here's the story about a trans person that's, you know, using the bathroom. It has nothing to do with Unique. If it did, we would be following like Unique's friendship with Marley more in this season. We'd be following... I don't know, maybe like how things are going with her and Ryder, if they're okay, uh, any kind of potential relationship, just anything other than like just the most basic stuff that, you know, again, I think they could have had here at the beginning of season four. I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, that's what happens there. And then just to, you know, hammer home the point of nobody cares on this writing room about Unique. There's really nothing else in season five. Um, you know, the, uh, Sue's going to get a makeover, ask Unique for some help uh, to give, uh, you know, I guess Kurt would have been the Sue's go-to person, you know, back a couple of years ago. Uh, but now Unique is going to help her with the makeover. And for some reason, Unique is more than happy, more than happy to help Sue, probably just because it's a project to do, not just because she wants to help Sue with something. But then the new directions are going to disband. You know, they seem to have made friends with each other. So they're going to, you know, all come in for that group hug and, you know, all seem to be on a good page as they're going to leave but that's really you know there's there's nowhere that we go with unique story where it's like you know beginning middle and end it's like beginning beginning uh 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 uh, uh oh hey unique is back in season six mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's literally what it is um and in season six you know it i think this is this is good this is good i mean they definitely i feel like some time had gone by um and i feel like the way that they handled coach beast's storyline uh was with like a little bit more care um we get to actually talk about transition um in this episode and not to say that this is an experience that all trans people go through some trans people never transition so i just want to get that get that one thing clear but it is a, a thing that is a part of some trans people's life so we got to see that and i enjoyed the conversation that unique definitely um she gets to have with with coach beast like you know well why didn't you call me you could have like, we could have talked about this and it did it hurt and she had all sorts of questions about the process and everything so um i i really liked it i, I just don't like the fact that she like comes out of the darkness in the <laughs> <laughs> in the locker room like what is that like who made that editing choice like why can't she just walk into the office i don't understand and also glee gets like no present uh no presence what did i just say glee gets no uh, uh points in my book for i think that's what i was trying to say uh for the fact that this happened because of what we've heard about how alex newell had to like ask to come back on the show in season six like this wasn't mm -hmm. a ryan murphy original idea of like mm -hmm. oh uh we're, we're putting this storyline in place for ryan wasn't even Let's there at this back. time like he like threw caution to the wind yeah he's gone <laughs> doing his uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't feel like I can even say like, oh, at least they corrected things at the end. It was just kind of like it happened to happen this way. And they were like, all right, Alex, like come back in for an episode. Uh, and, you know, it all worked out in this way. But I mean, yeah, at least as far as the story goes here, I agree. It's, uh, you know, a, a nice conversation between uh, Unique and Coach Beast. It's it's completely useless when Will brings Unique back to Carmel High and, you know, is like, let's sing some Macklemore together. And the kids are like, that was stupid. And we're all as an audience like, yeah, no, that was stupid. Will, you're annoying. Um, but at least they get to have that scene in the locker room and, you know, the, the, I know where I've been performance at the end as well, which I imagine will be high up on Unique's countdown, or at least I hope so, uh, when we get to all of that. So, um, yeah, nice to see her one more time. And of course she'll be there at the finale as well, coming out with the Glee Project crew for I Lived. Um, but again, overall for me, I give a thumbs down to what Glee tried to do. Not not what they tried to do here, what they ended up doing here. Um, there could have been a better, you know, a better vision for the character uh, if they had just cared 
a little bit more compared to what they cared about the Marleys and the Kitties and Riders and anybody else. You know, it, it does feel like, you know, Unique is in that that spot right between the Sugars and the Joes and the Rorys and then all the Marleys and Kitties and, and, and Jakes, like right in the middle where it's like, we'll give you stuff to do, but it's not going to be like, you know, following an arc for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's um, definitely could have used just the through line a bit more, not turning every transgender issue into a theme of the week. You know, there was so much more than that. But um, if there's one thing that Unique provided that I think that everyone uh, can agree on was great was the music and the songs. She kills it Mm -hmm. every time. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yes, same here. So hopefully we'll uh, have a more positive, fun conversation as we're going to switch over to talk about unique songs. So uh, let's have some fun there. Again, if anybody has any feedback about anything that we discussed here, if you think we're being too harsh, if you think we're not being harsh enough, uh, of course, as always, jump in on the conversation. Send us a tweet, send us a DM, send us an email. Let's talk about it because even if we can't go back and, you know, redo this podcast that we're doing today, uh, you know, we'll still have plenty of future conversations about uh, the character and about the show. So would love to hear some more perspectives. Um, but with that said, Unique Adams has seven, not seven, has 11, you know, seven, 11, easy numbers to confuse, 11 songs to get to with this countdown today. And, uh, I don't know. I'm ready for it. Are you, are you ready for it? I am ready. All right. So we'll start at the bottom as usual, work our way up from number 11 to number one for Unique. And, uh, let's get going with song number 11. Like, yeah, I'm good at Little League. A preconceived idea of what it all meant for those that like the same sex, had the characteristics. The right-wing conservatives think it's a decision, and you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition, playing God. Yeah. Ah, nah, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know, and God loves all his children. It's somehow forgotten, but we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. I don't know. And I can't change, even if I tried, even if I wanted to. Hey, my love, my love, my love, she keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. She keeps me So we we did that. We watched that. We saw that on Glee. That was something that they did. And uh, yeah, why why not when we have Alex Newell back for one day to do that? Yeah, they sound great together. It's just the fact that it's such a cringeworthy performance, right? It's just like, yeah. ew! Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't wrapped up in all of that energy, then I feel like the song would be much higher, but objectively it's a great performance i think uh i mean i don't i don't really mind this rapping schuster as much as the other ones because this rapping is kind of more like a spoken word type deal yeah it's still got that like corny mr shoe energy to it but it's not as like i'm not as like turned off by this as i am with him him like rapping you know some 90 shit or whatever that that to me is just like oh god shut the hell up <laughs> um but this this is fine to me well, that was Same Love from Season 6, Episode 7, Transitioning, when uh, Unique comes back for the one episode, gets two songs, one of them here down at the bottom at number 11. But we move on to number 10. You think that I don't feel love, but what I feel for you is real love, and others' eyes I see reflected are hurt. 
Okay. This is all you. Wait, can we just let it go? Can we just keep playing? <laughs> I mean, I'll edit it out for the people, but if you really want to watch it. Okay, for anybody that is not currently on this recording with us, we just listen to the rest of it, and Naman's very happy. <laughs> oh my god, I just can't get enough of it. Oh my god, I never noticed that when Ryder gives, like, when he, like, helps birth the baby, he pulls out, like, the teal garland that's supposed to be placenta. I can't! So that was uh, oh Love God. Child from season five, the previously unaired Christmas. And uh, I don't know how many more times we're going to watch that before it stops being such a uh, not, not that I want it to stop giving you such a uh, <laughs> such a reaction, but uh, it's still going strong giving you that one. So that's that. I don't care what any of you say. This is iconic. This is the literal definition of iconic. This number is hilarious. And unique sounds amazing. Like I don't know how many of you like know or are familiar with the regular version of this song. Like this came out in the Motown area. Like this song is very understated. Diana Ross does not do all the stuff that Alex does with this song, and not that she's supposed to, which is a different time back then. You like you weren't hooting and hollering all over the track. But I just think that the way that he his voice colors this song is just so good, and the fact that they Christmify it by adding the jingle bells in, in the in the background. I listen to it every holiday now, and it's not a holiday song at any given moment. And they turn this song into a song about Mary giving birth to Jesus in the ghetto. I just. <laughs> Easy over there. What are you hitting your table? Uh, okay, let's keep going because I could go on and on about this song. I love it. I'm sad that it's this low, but I understand why. Yeah. I understand. And then Kitty's facial expressions throughout the whole thing and the way that they're just spinning that baby around and holding it by. I just. The whole thing is hilarious to me. It's perfect. I don't know who came up with this. I don't know which writer it was, but kudos to you, man. I love it so much. <laughs> with all that said, that was number 10, Love Child. And we move on to number nine. I'm so sick of this song, <laughs> of this performance, not the song. I'll, I'll, let's go play Nicki Minaj. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be a lot happier, but I can't do this again. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have to. We did vocal adrenaline. We were doing unique here. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love, I mean, the, the higher than any other is just, 
Oh my god! I mean, it's, it's Glee. Other. I don't care. It's Glee, it, and it's on Fox. I don't know. I'm agreeing with you. I don't understand why they just couldn't just say oh, higher yeah. than a mother. Mm, like just like blurt it out. Like you're on Fox. It's not say like trucker. Like, you know, say I don't know. Say anything other than any other. It ruins the whole <laughs> damn thing. Otherwise, I might have been in on this in some way somehow. Uh, a song that I like so much when Glee was on the air, and I just don't need this but you know it is what it is here at number nine starships uh in the nationals episode of season three where unique is going to get her mvp award for this and another performance that is still yet to come on the list but this one lands here at number nine so that's what it is um moving on to song number eight unique countdown Sweaty palms from hanging on to tight clench of jaw. I've got another headache again tonight. Eyes on fire, eyes on fire, and the burn from all the tears. I've been crying, I've been crying, I've been dying over you. Tying up in the rope, trying to hold, trying to hold, but there's nothing to grab. So All right, so uh, this one came up on Marley's Countdown, you know, I think towards a similar spot, somewhere uh, towards the bottom, towards the middle or something like that. And I feel like, you know, I, uh, as I mentioned there, that's pretty much where I feel like this one belongs. It's fun, high energy. It's not terrible. Uh, it just ends up uh, being not my favorite unique performance or my favorite Marley performance. So, yeah, blow me one last kiss here. Yeah, it's some. Uh, it's one of my favorite Pink songs, which might be you know sacrilegious to Pink fans. They're like, really, this pop ass shit? Like, she's got so much better stuff. Um, but no, I love this song from Pink, and I I, I like this cover. I I love the build that it has. It's I still you know have my reservations about it being a song for Greece, but um I think they sound great. And this is one of the songs where Alex Newell gets to show off that beautiful mixed voice that he has in that mixed belt at the end like it's just unreal that that note comes out of his body at the end of this song it's just the envy that i it's not you know it's not even envy it's just like damn like i just want to listen to it over and over and over again it's just like such talent such talent so yeah definitely a good one definitely doesn't deserve to be at the top i don't think so either but it's i think i agree with you it's right where it should be Mm mm-hmm so that it is uh, at number eight, and we're going to go on to number seven, and uh, just going to say it here that it is another duet with uh, Marley and Unique. So keeping these back to back here. Material world, and I am a material girl. Come and get me, boys. Black Star, Roscoe, 
Diamonds are a girl's best friend mashed up with Material Girl. There in season four, Marley and Unique do some uh, fun stuff together when they're able to perform together. And uh, yeah, I like this one. And also Jake looks really good in that hoodie. Everything's going so well. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, another song where... Uh, the timbre of Alex Noel's voice just really comes through, especially when you hold it right up next to, uh, to Melissa's voice. Um, it's just like so like smoky and like elastic and like just like good. It's just a good, this is a good song for him. So yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it too. And uh, they they all look like they're having a fun time here. And uh, yeah, the everything's going so well is so funny. Uh, in this song and the fact that they like held on to that afterwards as like an inside joke that they let with uh, let let us in on. So that was number seven, I believe if I'm doing my math correctly. So we move on to number six. This one's definitely grown on me, as I'm sure I said last time as well. So Pinball Wizard landing here at number six, pretty much, you know, right in the middle, almost towards the top half. So uh, some love for this one here. Yeah, I um, I would add this job before I left for college back in the summer of 2012 um, that I could ride my bike to every morning from my house. And I would always like every time I would get down to this big ass hill, I would always turn this song on and just ride. Oops. I just hit the mic right straight down the hill. Um, I love this song so much. I've definitely grown. It's grown on me quite, quite well. Uh, the one thing, this is a staging note. It has nothing to do with the song, but I just wish that when that part where he lets out that big note, at, uh, at the end of the second chorus or verse, or it's kind of hard to tell which part of the song this is in because this song is kind of doesn't have familiar singer-songwriter structure. I just wish that he would have kept his face to the audience while he let that note out instead of just turning around, but that's more of a staging thing than it is a song thing, but yeah. <laughs> I love this song so much. Let's get Alex Newell on the phone to uh, offer some light criticism well, it's not, for it's season not his fault. Pinball Wizard. It's, it's whoever... Whoever directed it, it's their fault. It's not his All fault. Right. He's just on what he was told to do. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's get uh, that person on the phone. Anybody have their number? Let's uh, see if Wait, we can get them. Zach here. Woodley, isn't that his name? Isn't that the guy that choreographs? Yeah, let's um, get him on the phone. He's, yeah, he's one of the main choreographers. Um, so that is season three. 
Episode 21, Nationals yet again. Uh, the other performance from that set that earned Unique the MVP spot. And uh, one more song here for season three on the list that is, uh, yes, going to come in at number five. Let's hear it. Boogie Shoes. All right, uh, Boogie Shoes <laughs> comes in here at number five, the first ever Alex Newell performance on Glee. I'm trying so hard not to dance, man. I'm trying so hard not to dance because I know it's going to get picked up on the mic. I need to just start muting. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I love that he's dancing with the rest of them and everything. Freaking Jesse's face when he realizes what's going on never ceases to make me crack up he is completely horrified i love that the stage manager's like oh yeah get it bitch get it bitch i just love everything about this number it's so it just looks so fun i just want to be up there with her oh god it just looks so much fun and like this, this is how you make a mark right like doing like giving that performance like the vocals giving the performance and like you know commanding the stage uh in the way that unique does there it's like you know we see a couple like just to compare this to like other glee project winners first performances like think of like Rory's first song on the show, what you know, falling asleep to that. Uh, think of Ryder's first performance, Jukebox Hero with Finn. Yeah, that was fun, but like Unique got this opportunity to like be on the stage with the entire vocal adrenaline group behind her, uh, and you know, just put on a show at their regionals performance. And uh, I think it really probably did a, a long way in helping to show, uh, you know, show the writers that they should, you know, even if whatever they're going to do with the story, uh, make sure that she's a permanent fixture, even though she didn't win the Glee project itself. So good stuff there. Good stuff there. Um, anything else? You good? Move on to number four. Let's keep going. Okay, we got four songs left. Should I uh let's let me tell you what they are in sequential order. Uh from season four we have Womanizer and we have The Bitches Back Dress You Up. From season five, we have If I Were a Boy, and from season six we have I Know Where I've Been. So I think there's some good contenders here as we get towards the top of the countdown. Mm-mm, what's gonna happen? All right. Let's play it. Number four, unique. Baby. 
I love this song and performance. I love it. I love it. Uh, I almost feel like it might have been uh, cheated out of being in Tina's Countdown, but this is technically three people. This is Marley, Tina, and Unique singing, so it really shouldn't have been on any of their countdowns unless they are like heavily featured in it. So Unique was, and that's why it lands here at number four, but I love it. Not Mr. Shu still being in the background watching this whole thing go down. <laughs> I'll never get over that. Um... Yeah, I love this. There's a there's a part in the studio version of this song that's not in the didn't make the TV edit that I love that Unique does right after the second verse, um, which makes me love this performance even more. But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. really colorful, really strong. Um, yeah, Unique You're is here a to woman stay. As a baby. You, 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 and Jake just watching like a total dummy. Like, are they talking about me? No, this is this is fun. I like watching this. This is, this yeah, is oblivious. Good. Look at all these pretty girls Hashtag dancing for me. Hashtag <laughs> Free Britney. I'm sure many of you have seen the documentary that came out recently about Britney Spears. So just our words of support for Britney Spears. Amen. So, Womanizer, here at number three. Some good contenders here at the top of the list. Let's get into it and play these. Ooh, wait. Actually, there's a tie for number two. There is a full-on tie for number two. And it's a good thing that I just noticed that on the numbers. So we have a tie. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like we don't usually get ties. I don't know which one I should play first. Um, the mm. one that the audience felt better about or the one that we felt better about because they are different. Well, what is number one? And that's what I want to know. I, I had a feeling that it would be since if I were a boy because it's, you know, the most, you know, emotional performance. Um, what else is left? You said a bitch is back. And what else is there? I know where I've been. I know where I've been. Maybe right, why don't we? two. Why don't we let the uh, I'll let the audience's scores determine uh, which one ends up being the third one played here. But uh, there is a tie, a full on tie between uh, the next two songs that I guess tie for second place. So let's hear the one that the audience had lower. Yeah, the audience has not been as high on this one as famously we have been. So it does uh, end up, you know, in their third, I guess, spot, whatever you would call it here. But the bitch is back. Dress you up. What else? What else am I going to sit here and tell you guys about it? Like, what, what else do I have to tell you? It's yeah, there should have been a romance here. I I officially call it. There there should have been this storyline needs to continue into season five because there's something going on here. Like it's just look at that fucking performance. Like there is something going on here. Like I just uh, maybe I'm turning into you. Maybe I'm being a Fiberi fanatic. But instead of Fiberi, it is what would you even call them? Uh, I don't even want to think about it because I don't want it. <laughs> there. There seems to be something going on. I just 
Yeah, it's called homophobia, and it's called transphobia from Ryder, and it's yeah. See, not, that's what's and that therein therein lies the rub because then it's like not every because there's like this this big narrative that when someone is homophobic it's because they're secretly gay or whatever, and that's not a narrative that I like to to feed into. But just something about this performance just it just smells to me like there's something going on. I just I don't know. Anyway, the performance is good. Um, they both sound great. I think this is mm-hmm. more of a writer number than it. Well, it def, it, well it's definitely a unique number because it's a duet. But what I'm saying is I feel like this is more writer song than it is unique song. But she still sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So. so writer's number one song. Sorry to spoil that for you if you uh, decided to listen out of order. But that's what you get for listening out of order. Uh, writer's number one song here at or maybe number they three. just skipped it. They were like, fuck writer. So <laughs> I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> it could be. Uh, this was writer's top song. And it's uh, here. At, uh, I don't want to call it number three. It's tied for number two. It's tied for number two with this song here. darkness though the night is black as my skin there's a light burning bright showing me the way but I know where I've been there's a cry in the distance it's a voice that comes from deep within there's a cry asking why i pray the answers of a head cause i know Uh, yeah, there is a, I Know Where I've Been at number two, so we'll uh, get to number one in a second, but of course a pretty iconic performance uh, from Unique and that Transperson's Choir. I'm sorry, I, I I was waiting to hear the big note, the big finish at the end, but I just saw T.S. Madison in the crowd and I did not know that she, how did it take me this long to realize that she was in there? Um, for those of you that don't know, T.S. Madison is, um, what do you describe T.S. Madison as? I mean, she has, you know, grown to fame over the years doing a lot of podcasts a lot of panels um a lot of appearances on tv shows and um uh she does a lot of work with world of wonder she has guest host guest judged on drag race i think she, she's going to be the guest judge, guest judge on drag race this upcoming episode um she is a trans woman she has her own show i think it's on bravo now i think i can't remember um, but yeah, she is well known within the LGBTQ uh, community um, as being not, you know, a, a now a bit of a trans activist, and um, she's funny as hell. Um, I found her through a podcast that I listened to. Anyway, yeah, she is. She's 
absolutely hilarious. She's one of my favorite celebrities ever. And I just realized that she was a part of this choir and I had no idea. Um, neither did I, but I also don't quite know who that is at the moment. So didn't really. Well, you'll find out on Friday then. <laughs> the same. Uh, yeah. But there is uh yeah, I know where I've been. Of course, a very Oh, wait, you know, you, so you saw, you saw, um, you saw Drag Race season 11, right? Sure. Yes, of course you did. During Snatch Game, Silky Nutmeg Ganache was T.S. Madison. That's who she chose to be. Okay. If that brings Don't any remember. context to it. It doesn't, right, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I am uh, I'm blanking on this one, but um, I believe you, and I'm sure that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing for you. Um, anyway, uh, I know where All I've right, been, Jeff. Lance here at number two, and uh, let's listen to the number one unique song, and uh, let's talk about that one as well. Even just for a day I roll out of bed in the morning Throw on what I wanted and go Drink beer with the guys And chase after girls I'd kick it with who I wanted And I'd never get confronted for it Cause they stick up for me If I were a boy I think I could understand How it feels Okay, uh, if I were a boy, Unique's uh, top tier number one song in all of Glee, pretty much by a decent sized margin there. Uh, a good gap between number one and uh, the number twos there. So no surprises here, right? Yeah, uh, uh, that got me that time. I usually don't cry uh, at this performance, uh, but I don't know. It got me today. Uh, protect black trans women, y'all. I mean, that's all I can really say about this, like, they die all the time. They are murdered all the time. And of course, things are a lot better than what they used to be. But I mean, any blood spilt over something that really has nothing to do with you in the first place is just wrong. Um, I think that this song is just like the tip of the iceberg, right? Like, it's not even like a real... It doesn't even go that far. The show never really goes that deep into what the reality is for a lot of these people. So once again, I'm really excited that we have shows like Pose that actually do that. And I mean, their second season, which was critically acclaimed, really dealt with all of this stuff and put it into a way that people can really understand. It's like, these are people, y'all. Like, I know that I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, hopefully I am. I, I think that people that enjoy this show are probably along the same lines as the two of us, but... 
I just think that it stands reiterating that they they need allyship. They need people to stop with the violence and all of the ignorance and the hatred. And it's not enough to just simply like have a hashtag. It's not enough to just, I hate to be like on a soapbox, but like, I don't know. I just watching that today, I don't know. Something it just hit my spirit differently today. And I just feel compelled to, these are people, man. And like as much as much as, you know, we progress, we really have to reach back to the people that are furthest down the hole, the people that are the most disadvantaged out of all of us. You need to pull back and lend out a hand to them because if you don't do that, it hurts all of us. There really isn't any progression because you still have these people at the very bottom that are continuously persecuted and killed and no one really bats an eye. Like I feel like that reality doesn't mm-hmm. really hit people. Like These people get killed mm-hmm. for who they are all the time. And so... Uh, and I think that's yeah. part of the reality that like what sets in for people these days is like looking back at even something as simple as a glee performance like this. But like when you see like, you know, the little bit of like, I mean, as much as we can critique the story, but like obviously this performance you flagged up when we were going through is like what we get out of Unique in season five that makes it all worthwhile that, you know, that she's still around here uh, for this performance. Uh, it's I think that's like alarming for some people to like go back and like see this kind of thing and be like yeah, no, this has been happening the whole time. Like it didn't just start here because the conversations are picking up in 2020 or 2019 or whatever earlier than that or whatever today. Um, you know, these people have been uh, needing help for a long time and it's, uh, you know, I'm, don't feel like you're on a soapbox. I think it's uh, much appreciated that you're sharing all that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's just hard because people are, you know, people are people, right? And they just, I mean, even when it comes to people that you don't even know that end up being killed or something happens to them or they're in a, a car accident and you turn on the 11 o'clock news and you see this person lost their life. And you're like, oh, that is so sad. And then you click to the right next to the next channel. Right. So yep. I think it's just hard for people to extend empathy, even, you know, when it's something that they don't know. But like, I think that it's even doubly reserved for people that you know, like trans people and black trans women. Like, it's just like, it's, oh, it's like, oh, there's a, there's another one. Like there goes another one of those trans people. Like, of course they were killed because they were out there hooking for sex or, you know, whatever. Like it's always, there's always an excuse to make yourself feel better about the fact that it's happened to somebody. And it's just mm-hmm. like, when are we going to get to the point where, where the, those murders and those lives lost are the equivalent of the toppest people in society, you know, like when, like when are we all going to have that same amount of empathy for everyone? I know that that a perfect world does not exist. I get that. Like I know that I'm, that I'm searching for, you know, I'm speaking of an ideal world. I know that that's sort of unrealistic in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I just feel like there has to be some kind of baseline where it's just like, people are not like, where we get over this, like they're not going anywhere. They've been here for a long time. They've been here forever, just like us. So let them live. And that's it. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, uh, as always, you know, we, uh, we often uh, or sometimes will, uh, you know, have resources available uh, in the show links and whatnot. So hopefully we can gather some of those and we'll uh, drop them in there for any links to donate to, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter causes and uh, different foundations where you can help out some of these people that are uh, really in need of help and have been for a while. So uh, definitely any of that, you know, that you uh, can do, whether it's monetary, monetarily, I don't know if that's the word, but you know what I'm saying, um, yeah, or... Yeah, or just uh, through, you know, being an ally, an advocate for uh, all of these things that we need to correct in the world. Um, That was number one, if I were a boy, Beyonce coming through with uh, a classic here. And Alex Newell. Beyonce. 
Alex Newell knocking it out of the park. Uh, so I'm not going to play the game here. Uh, let's uh, guess or not guess. Unique's performance, If I Were a Boy, makes its way into the top 10. It lands currently at number eight on the overall countdown. So we'll see how long we can keep it there alongside all these other uh, really good songs that are in the top 10. It actually knocks out maybe this time uh, from Rachel and April, but you know, still Aww. a chance for that one to work its way back in. So right now, uh, number 10 is human nature. Number nine is marry the night. Number eight is if I were a boy. And then we go up to a bunch of Mercedes. I still cannot songs. believe that marry the night is up there. Like y'all, I just don't feel right about star child being in the top 10, but you know, okay, once again, there are more characters. <laughs> Yeah, we still have a bunch of main characters to get to. Uh, for now, though, from the entire era of season four slash through whatever you want to call it, five and six or whatever, Unique is the only one to uh, currently be in the top ten with all said and done here. We have uh, Marley is lurking around here at number 14 with Rachel in New York State of Mind. We got Jake uh, down here with Nasty Rhythm Nation at 17. Ryder like nowhere really near here. Him and uh, Unique with the bitches back is his closest at 42. Uh, Kitty is really not anywhere around uh, to be found, but Unique makes her way up to number eight with If I Were a Boy. Where is, uh, where's the other one? Um, there we go. La, 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 I don't know. Um, I can't find it. Um, but I don't think that uh, I Know Where I've Been was much farther down the list. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Unique. I'm glad we uh, gave her some time today. Definitely. Shout out to Unique. Shout out to Alex Newell. Yeah, now, now I feel like I should have, like, raved to him when I met him about this performance. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard it a bunch, though, so I'm sure he knows that he did a good job with this. And, yeah. Man, that song just yep. put me in a mood. I don't want to be in this mood all day. But anyway. Snap um, out of it. Let's uh, bring some joy here. Um, unique also, by the way, I did not mention earlier, we had uh, four unique gold stars for unique on the show on the series two for me two for you so uh we got some unique love in when we uh found spots to be able to which you know the show did not make very easy but uh some love there for unique and otherwise that's pretty much all that we have that all all that i have at least uh for unique for today anything else from you come on um no i believe that is it when is this coming out again um, it's I mean, Friday uh, tomorrow. In real time? No, not tomorrow. Next week. So uh, we next are week. recording a bunch of these, you know, a little early. So uh, currently, you will be hearing this a week from when we are recording it, or so. But um, yeah, any feedback you have, of course, as always, let us know. Uh, send us a message. Find us on social media. You know where to do all that, and uh, keep the conversation going. Let's let's talk. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you guys so much for listening once again. Um, you can follow us at Quiet Room Pod on Twitter and on TikTok. Follow us individually. I'm at him on Adway Matt's at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. Thanks once again to all of the people that have donated to the PayPal account. Understand. If you have it in your heart, please continue to donate because podcasts ain't free. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's it. I think. Is that good? Nope, we're good, we're good. We'll see you guys with the next batch and, you know, some Valentine's Day episodes mixed in here and there, so check all that out. We, uh, we got Love a lot, is in so the you air. Love is in the air, baby. All right, until next time, hopefully you later.
you're just a boy.